Today's guest is best known for her joyous approach to life. She's an author and self-development mentor. Her children's book series, The Bella Santini Chronicles, has received high praise and is known for helping children learn how to manage their emotions. Her online course titled Live, Love, Laugh connects adults with curiosity, wonder, and playfulness. Welcome to the show, Angela. How are you doing? Hi, Toby. I am so good today. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode of Meritalk Podcast. I am so fascinated by your story of you know, growing up in San Francisco to an alcoholic you know, father and an angelic mother, and then later getting married to an emotionally abusive man. Please, can you share this story with me? Yeah. Um, okay, so... I was born in the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco in the mid-1960s. So if you can imagine, it was a really colorful neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And where we lived was right across the street from Golden Gate Park. So my mom would take us down to the park. And I remember being four years old and my fat fingers trying to weave daisy chains But there would be music in the background because there were always bands playing in the park. And I remember also walking down the street. There could be um, like five houses in a row where people would be just sitting on the front steps. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that when I was four years old, I must have walked by Jimi Hendrix or, wow. <laughs> or wow. Jefferson Starship or, you know, some other of the musicians that were there. Mm. Um, but it wasn't all light and love because my dad was, um, he was a very sensitive man. And in his childhood, he was told by his parents that he was a failure. He was Mm. told that he wasn't good enough. And what he ended up doing was carrying those tragic feelings Mm. with him into his adulthood. And then he would escape those feelings by drinking. Mm. And he became an alcoholic when he was drunk, he was a monster. And I don't, I've repressed my feeling. I don't, I don't even know what happened to me when I was a little kid. Mm. But I do hear from my sisters things like um, the night that he threatened his four little girls that he was going to slit our mother's throat. And he had a knife in his hand. My sister, who was a few years older than me, she was maybe nine or 10, um, picked up the phone to call the police. And that was what stopped him from doing what he said he was going to do. I also remember him looking for that same sister. He was extremely drunk and extremely angry and his rage was palpable and he was stomping up the stairs saying where's the bitch where is it that thing and that was how he saw us kids Mm. when he was drunk Mm. 
So what I learned from my childhood was that rage and anger are terrible and I should never, ever be like that. Mm. So I should never feel rage or anger. I learned that from my mom, because she is an angel, (laughs) (laughs) I learned that I should love everybody, even Mm. the people that hurt me. Mm. And what that ended up with happening is I grew up to marry a man who I didn't know it at the time, but he was, um, he hung on to the anger that he was exposed to as a child and it became his go-to emotion. I repressed anger, so I was in judgment of anyone who was angry and my go-to emotion was sadness. So, it was turned into a very toxic marriage (laughs) where he would be angry. I would judge him for being angry. And then he would be even more angry because I was judging him. Mm. So um, that marriage, I stayed for 32 years. And part of it was because there were children And he had good qualities. He wasn't all, you know, he's a good person. He just didn't know how to deal with his feelings. Um, And he didn't know how to treat people. So it wasn't until 2017, there was a wildfire that um, struck Northern California and it was so such a big event, such a big fire. I re, we got messages from people in Amsterdam um, saying, "Are you guys okay?" Mm. Because the news of this fire went all over the world. Yeah. Um, that night, five thousand homes were burned in our community, oh. and one of them was ours. That that put me into a dark night of the soul. I went into depression. And I questioned, what's important in life? What matters? It certainly wasn't stuff. You know, the only thing that I regret losing when my house burned down is the marks on the wall showing the kids growth. Mm. everything else it's just stuff yeah yeah so um during this time i realized that i was never going to change him i was never going to make our lives better Mm. with only my effort Mm. and he had to make the choice to change. Mm. And one morning I asked him, um, he had, we had been out with friends the day before 
And he had treated me really well in front of his friends. And I asked him, why can't you treat me like that every day? And he said, that's not who I am. I can't do that. And that was when I decided to leave. Because if he couldn't make the choice to treat me in the way that he thought he should when other people were watching, but he couldn't when nobody's watching. (laughs) I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, it just, it wasn't doing him any favors and it wasn't doing me any favors. Mm. So I gathered the courage and left. I, I really, you know, I admire your strengths and it's so encouraging. Like everything you've gone through, the adversity that you've gone through in life has made you who you are today, I assume, like made you stronger, made you bolder. And I admire, you know, the strength and the perseverance that you had to pull through, you know, your childhood and also through the marriage and also to come out of it and still be happy and joyful and, you know, alive. I I really admire that. You are a strong woman, a really strong woman. Thank you. And... It's not that I have any more strength. It's that I've learned that the perspectives we hold Mm. create the world we live in because Mm. we're always looking through that filter of Mm. the perspective we hold. I could have had the perspective that I'm a victim a victim of the fire, a victim of my ex-husband, a victim of my father. Yes. But having that perspective is a prison Mm. and it doesn't allow change to happen. That's true. Once I realized that I was disempowered by being the victim But if I could look at and the situation, say, what was my role in that marriage? Mm -hmm. And my role, I didn't set boundaries. I allowed him to behave the way he did Mm -hmm. with no consequences or little consequences. Mm -hmm. I didn't love myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't love myself enough to put my needs first yeah Mm. those are my responsibility and Mm. once i could see that i had held responsibility and for every time i was reactive to him (laughs) that was my response my reaction is my responsibility yes once i was able to see that that lifted me out of victim energy and out of the victim perspective. Then I have the ability, if I have responsibility, I have ability to make a change. And so once I accepted responsibility, that gave me the freedom to create a joyful life. Yes. I love that. Like, you know, taking responsibility of your life will help you to, you know, 
create the changes that you want for your own life. Yeah. Like, yes. And I'll, I'll, love, I'll love you to, you know, educate me a little bit on, you know, repressed emotions. Like earlier, when you're um, telling me the story of your life, you told me that you had this repressed anger through your childhood and also in the marriage. So how, do, how are you able to deal with that? And how are you still dealing with that right now? It's, it's interesting because um, when I looked at my life and I drew a line from my dad through me, mm-hmm. through my husband, to my kids, and I said, oh my gosh, if at any time any one of us had learned how to face painful feelings, mm-hmm. we could have avoided a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my father escaped painful feelings by drinking. Mm -hmm. I escaped what I thought is painful feelings, anger, by repressing. Yes. My husband, he didn't escape his painful feelings. Mm -hmm. He lived them every day Mm -hmm. because he just held on to that anger. And what I learned and now teach is to be neutral to our feelings. And that is through a process called AAA. You are aware of a feeling, you acknowledge the feeling, and you accept the feeling. And in so doing, The biochemistry of a feeling is only 90 seconds. Mm. More than that means our minds have grabbed on to the concept of the feeling. And so our minds have engaged in the feeling. So when we can be neutral without pushing the feeling away through escape or repression, or without grabbing onto and engaging the feeling, if we can just be a witness to the feeling, the feeling will flow and it will pass. And it, it doesn't um, stick with us. Yes. When we grab onto a feeling, it sticks. And when we repress or escape a feeling, it sticks. Mm. So you mean we should we should um, be a witness to the feeling and emotions that that come through our lives, like just watch it pass by and go away. Yeah, mm. yeah. People have a there's a tendency to truly fear an emotion that that we don't want to feel. So for me, it was anger, mm. and I had such a hard time accepting anger into my life. Mm. It's only been in the last year that I've actually let myself get really angry without having been pushed, pushed. Because in my marriage, I would react with anger, but only after I had been pushed past a certain point. Mm -hmm. I... I did not see anger as an emotion that I should ever feel. Yes. Just last week, I got angry about something. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get angry about? Can you share that with me? (laughs) Oh, um, 
we were expecting some money to come in and it mm. didn't. And the money is owed. Mm. And I got angry. And I was like, it, it was just like that. I mm. got angry and then it was gone. Yeah. But then I was joyful because I let myself get angry. Yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah, yes. Wow, that that's good. Like you, you let it go. Like you, yes, you blew off this team. Actually, yeah, I did. I said a swear word. <laughs> well, can you can you tell me how, how do you deal with you know um, emotional triggers? Like you know, due to your your life circumstances, everything that you've experienced in life before, you know, things could also come up again in the future or currently, and you feel like, oh, this is a trigger. How do how do you deal with that? So. Emotional triggers are an interesting thing. Mm. They show us a part of emotions that we haven't processed from mm. the past. <laughs> so an emotional trigger, when someone is really reactive to something, they're not usually thinking, they're not reacting to what is right in front of them. Their reaction is built up emotion from way back in the past, whatever happened to them in the past. Yeah. And so what an emotional trigger is, is energy that is brought up within us that is reacting to something somebody's doing but frequently it's much more energy than the energy is related to something that happened in the past. Yeah. So what I say is that when someone triggers us, they are being a mirror to show us the place that we have a reaction mm. and the emotion that we are having in reaction and that gives us the opportunity to reflect on, okay, what's that about? Mm. I know I'm mad at my husband because he didn't pick up his shorts, but I wouldn't really react this big. And so <laughs> what is the energy behind it? Yes. So we can look at our own selves and, and we can actually call up that energy. We can call up that feeling mm. and allow it through the AAA process. Mm -hmm. And that starts letting some of those triggers dissipate. Yes. It doesn't mean you're healed. And mm -hmm. the next time someone does something, mm. you won't be triggered. But as you pay attention to that emotion over time, it, the trigger becomes less and less and less. Mm -hmm. And so now for me, I am rarely triggered. And yeah. it, it's like something has to be um, a, a really, really hit a buried emotion. Yeah, sure. Yes, yes. Oh. For me to be triggered by something. Yes, I, I, I love the way you explained it. Like for me, in my head right now, I got like this kind of illustration from everything you said already. Like you said, you know, when someone triggers an, an emotion in you, when someone triggers something in you, it acts like, like a mirror, actually. And this mirror is placed in front of you to tell you, oh, 
Toby, you, are, you still have work to be done in this area of your life. You still have to fix this. You still have to, you know, sit back and, you know, reflect and work on this area. Something has not been healed in your life or something. You still have to work on some, you know, circumstances or some issues or some injuries from the past in your life. Then, then life brings, you know, these emotional triggers from time to time to tell you, okay, this is what is still left. You this is what is still left. <laughs> <laughs> until, until it comes again and I'm like, oh, it's gone. As in, yeah, I'm totally ill or I still have work to be done. I, I love that. Thank you so much for that wonderful illustration. You're so welcome. And, mm. you know, I, I think about it as peeling an onion mm. because when, when we repress emotions, so for me with anger, um, I spent probably days with a pillow screaming and punching a pillow Mm -hmm. to get anger out. And that peeled quite a bit of my onion, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's still some left. And mm -hmm. so as we, as we deal with the feeling, um, as time goes by, we eventually get to the core and then we can manage the core yes. and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. And the problem with emotional triggers is unless we pay attention and and go in and feel those feelings mm. we do get triggered over and over oh, and okay. over again yeah and so it's like when a woman leaves an emotionally abusive marriage mm. if she doesn't look inside of herself and figure out, you know, where am I being so reactive to what he said did, she will be doomed mm. to attract that same kind of behavior. That's true. Wow. wow. Yeah. I'm just going to let everyone that's listening to this sit back and reflect on this a little bit and see what area of their life they want to, you know, they have to work on or what kind of emotional triggers they have and what it means to them or, or what work they have, to, they have to get done on their, on their emotions or from the past circumstances that they've experienced in life. Give yourself grace. Hmm. Because nobody taught us any of this stuff. We weren't raised to face all of our emotions. They didn't give us tools for facing all of our emotions. Mm. And so all of us have buried emotions that yes. need to get out. Mm. And it's interesting because I've been such an advocate for feeling all of our feelings. And I was on a meeting uh, last Monday night and the guy was saying when you're trying to um, so he was talking about law of attraction and manifesting goodness in your life mm. and he said you have to not only think about what you want and imagine that what you want is coming to you mm. you have to feel what it feels like yeah. to have that what you want come to you. Yes. And so there's, there is so much to feelings. There's freedom when mm. you can face all your freed feelings mm. and 
feelings play a huge role in building the life you want. Now, on your website, AngelaLee.com, I read that your first few books are, you know, self-help anthologies where you wrote about the power of forgiveness and learning to surrender to life. I think we've talked about this a little bit already. Um, can you tell me more about, you know, the power of forgiveness and surrendering to life, you know, you know, letting go of those emotions, you know, letting go of those buried, um, you know, emotions or circumstances in life. And how did you learn to forgive your father and your husband? Uh, well, it's interesting because it, it started when I was able to step out of victimhood, when I stepped into responsibility. Mm. When you are pointing the finger and blaming someone for what they did to you, then you're in victim energy. And until you can pull yourself out of that, yes. you won't be able to truly forgive. And the interesting thing about forgiveness is when we carry a grudge against someone, mm. we are hurting ourselves. We are not hurting them. They have mm. no idea how we're feeling. Mm. And so when we carry a grudge, when we hate someone or dislike someone because of what they did to us, we are only causing ourselves harm by carrying that grudge. Mm -hmm. When we open our heart to forgiveness, we are opening ourselves to healing. So we have to open our hearts to healing, open our hearts to just let go of every grudge and every you know, harm that anyone has caused to us and just, just let it go. Just let it go and then you get your healing from that. It doesn't serve you to mm. um, hold a grudge. It doesn't. And the thing about forgiveness, it doesn't mean that they didn't do what they did. Mm. True. What it, what it means is I am letting go of your hold over me. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yes. That means you, you, don't, you don't forget what they've done to you and... The fact is still that they did it to you, but you let you, you release that power that they have over you. You said, Yes, you, you, you did this to me, but you have no power over me. You have no power over my emotion, over my feelings, over my happiness, my joy, my peace of mind. Right. Mm. And that's what forgiveness does for you. It's not easy in the real sense, in the practice, but I mean, I hope that everyone has the grace. Yeah, there's, there's terrible things that go on. And, you know, I could. I could be sitting down with someone who was, well, in fact, I had a conversation with a guy mm. who was, um, he was followed home from a karaoke bar mm. and he was horribly beaten almost to death by a strange guy who just for some reason saw him as a victim. Mm. And he could, I mean, he was, he was horribly, horribly tortured and abused. Mm. And he could, you know, hold that guy 
up and and say, look what he did to me. And and there no one would say he's wrong for doing that. Of course, yes. But his freedom, his um, emotional resilience comes when he can say, yes, he did what he did, but I forgive him. That's so beautiful. Like, just letting go. <laughs> it mean, is. It yeah, is. it's a Surrender beautiful Surrender is such a hard thing. Yes. It's very, it's very difficult, but it's a beautiful thing that, that you, one feels when one um, is able to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you get a beautiful feeling. That's release. That's, um, I don't know. That's, you just get that burden off your life, off your, off your chest, off your heart. Exactly, because uh, I, when I talk about feelings, I have likened um, a repressed feeling with you picking up a rock and putting it in your backpack. Mm. You're carrying that feeling around with you. Yes. It's a weight on your back. Mm. Well, it's the same thing with begrudging or hating or um, blaming mm -hmm. another person. You're carrying that weight on your back. Yes. It doesn't affect them. They have their own weight that they're carrying. <laughs> and That's you true. are carrying the, the whatever perceptions, whatever feelings you have about it. Mm. You are giving the gift of forgiveness to yourself. Thank you so much for teaching me about, you know, forgiveness and, you know, Thank you also for sharing your story with me. I really appreciate that the fact that you opened up to me and you know talk about this story. Wow, you made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.